Hi! Welcome to What You're Reading, Dude. It's Jamie, Lauren, and Lisa. This is our time to catch up and share what we've been reading and inspired by, hoping to stir some deeper conversations. No one person has time to read every book or listen to everything, but we figure this is a good way to trade ideas, expand our horizons, and maybe inspire you as well. Just a reminder, this is for us, this is for fun, and we are not experts. Enjoy! Jumping into it. One of those days, guys. (sighs) Yeah, I feel that too, actually. (sighs) Yeah. Deep breath. And now, time to relax and talk about random stuff. Yeah. My favorite. I can give an update. (gasps) Yay! So, as we all know, Lisa has gotten us way hooked on the nail polish. I decided to test out some olive in June because I hear about it all the time on all the podcasts. So I got some and it is really nice. It looks great. It looks amazing. People at home will not see it, but (laughs) (laughs) it was really like the quality of it. You can tell is just really nice. You know, when you're used to like the super cheap stuff from the drugstore, it just covers so much easier. And, you know, I'm not used to doing, like, the base coat and the top coat and everything, and that helps a ton, it turns out. Yeah. (laughs) I need to get into the base coat action, because I'm definitely a top coat person, but... That definitely, like, Lisa let me borrow some sparkly stuff for Halloween, and it, I could tell, it was hard to get off, but it would have been way harder to get off without a base coat. And it, like, wasn't, it didn't, like, make my nails. Because I had black and then glitter on top. And it didn't, didn't, like, stain my nails at all. That's why I love base coats. Because I feel like it's just, like, that protective layer, um, you know, before you begin. And then you can do whatever you want on top. I mean, for the most part. Definitely. And before, I think I stopped wearing nail polish. Because it was, like, drying my nails out so much that they were, like, cracking. And I, like, kind of got to the point where I kind of had to have nail polish on. And then I was like, this is probably not good. I'm just going to let them grow out. Mm -hmm. So this is, I can see how this is better. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when you're using drugstore brands, which I also had up until, like, this year. Oh, yeah. yeah, Yeah. Like, that's just nail polish, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm, like, not really Mm -hmm. just figured that's what it is. And the whole issue with, like it not dry like it dries to the touch but then the second I hit anything I get an imprint you know and it's like well damn it what did I just wait all night for something like really nice quality and getting like a quick drying top coat it's such a game changer definitely yeah and the one that you you the brand that you like hollow taco has a matte top coat which is super fun I'd never tried that before it really changes the look yeah, it's cool. It's like, I mean, obviously it mattifies it, but it it's not edgy. Yeah, it's just a different feel. It doesn't feel as like glitzy. Like sometimes you just want a color mm-hmm. and you're like, this is just what I'm yeah. putting on my nails. No big deal. Yeah. Oh, I was just wondering if you've tried the matte coat with any of the glittery ones, because I'm just very curious mm. to see what would happen. I have, and it's awesome <sighs> for some of them. So, okay. Right the teeniest little deep dive here. So I have some top coats that are like 
iridescent flakies. And so that's like plastic with like different tones to it. That looks awesome with a matte top coat. So like, that's what Lauren used this weekend for Halloween. Like she had like black and then she put one of these toppers on. And when you put the matte top coat on top of it, it looks almost like an eggshell, but like, uh, yeah, but like a black with a gold type eggshell, or you can just go light colored and get a totally different spectrum. But if you go, if you're doing like holographic color or top coat and the, or a topper and then you put matte on top of it that can kind of dull the effect so mm. it depends on what you're using mm-hmm. but if you want just like a dull if you're like I just want a little sparkle but like not too much it's still I don't know you can do what I, like you can really customize it to exactly what you want which I know sounds yeah. kind of trivial but it's like that next level cause... well it's kind of cool with that hollow taco brand is that there are so many like glitter ones and then there are so many color ones so you can really mix and match and then with the two different like the shiny or matte top coats like you've got infinite like possibility customization yeah. basically with only a, cu- a few there's a color like, for everyone kind. yeah there really is. It's fun. It is. I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, I feel bad because I know all three of us are like, okay, you've been spending a lot lately. But it's also like a really fun hobby. So, you know, <laughs> like, don't feel bad about it, but I'm, I'm sorry for <laughs> I know. Look, we could say no if we wanted to. We're all adults here. Yeah, I've been listening to, like, everyone's kind of putting out their gift guides right now, like, online and podcasts and everywhere, and I'm like, I should not be listening to this because I'm in the mood to just spend all the money, but, like, I want everything on these gift guides for myself. (laughs) And then you're like, okay, family, no gifts for me. I got Mm -hmm. it taken care of. Yeah. (laughs) I won't buy you anything. You don't buy me anything. (laughs) I kind of like that idea because people are already like, oh, my gosh, shop now. You're going to miss it. And I'm like, no one has even told me what they want. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> We're, I'm, I'm well, trying. you know what? I'm just like, if things get here late, then they get here late. That's fine. Like, if people get their gifts a month late, that's not the end of the world. Who even cares? Yeah. And I remember definitely getting some gifts late last year. Like, I remember that happening. I don't remember, like even having any emotion towards that (laughs) yeah (laughs) literally unfaced it's fine if it's stressing you out then just take a chill pill and relax (laughs) yeah you have some adjusting to do (laughs) like buying get yeah I'm like starting to get like uptight about it and I'm like it's fine it's fine you don't need to buy all the things right now (laughs) the urge is strong (laughs) I know I but I just want to buy everything for myself well, God, now I want to shop. <laughs> I know. I know. I can feel it, too. I cannot look up, like, any cozy PJs, any, like, nice-looking bedsheets. <laughs> oh, Instagram knows, too. They're like, oh, slippers, pajamas, oh. sheets, we got it. And I'm I like, get slippers. out of here. <laughs> they're like, just give us that credit card. And you're like, oh, how do you already have this? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're like, it's already in, it's already in the cart. <laughs> it's already on the way. Oh my gosh! All I want is some new sheets and some cozy PJs. They are—they know. They know. Well, on that note, I've got a bit of a plot twist for you all, but it's—it's like semi-related. So, 
for the audience when we met earlier this week to just kind of like share what we were gonna share for this week. I went into it thinking I was going to talk about wow, no thank you. And I will talk about that eventually. Uh, but something else really struck me that I think like, it's been the center of a number of things I've read and listened to over the last couple weeks. And I thought it would be maybe a, like, more active conversation. So we're going to talk about Facebook, or should I say meta? <laughs> Ooh, okay. I saw headlines about this, but I didn't know really what was going on. Okay, so please. please. Yes. I'm so excited to get educated. Educate us. Yes, to the best of my abilities. Now, I've, of course. Um, like in terms of research or just information gathering, what I've been listening to over the past couple of weeks are one, like the Facebook Files podcast series. I think it's hosted oh. by the journal, like the Wall Street Journal's podcast. Mm -hmm. That's been super interesting. And so that kind of lays the base for like, why would Facebook rebrand itself and like create this like larger umbrella company? And so if you haven't listen to that. That is very interesting. It dives into a number of the scandals and drama and just information that's been uh, revealed about Facebook, you know, whether it's like the impacts of Instagram on young girls or mm -hmm. sex trafficking, like I think maybe like internal employee satisfaction. I'm not, I can't remember that, but lots of very juicy topics. And so at that, I was like, wow, this is just getting worse and worse. Okay. And then this podcast that I've mentioned before and really love Pivot, it's like a business tech podcast. Mm -hmm. They've mm -hmm. been talking about this. And last week, as of the time of airing, the week prior, so let's say like late October, they were, the two hosts were chit-chatting, making predictions. And they had heard in the air that like Facebook was thinking of creating this larger company, kind of like what Google did with Alphabet. And so they were, they were brainstorming like what the name might be and also why. And they were spot on. Like they were like, you know, Mark's going to do this because he is in the crosshairs right now. Like there are numerous legal cases that have him cited directly rather than just the company, because in the way that yeah. Facebook's structured right now, he's the CEO where like every decision ultimately goes through him. And so like, ultimately, like you could, if you're going to blame the company, you can blame him, him. for many yeah. things. Yeah. And so that puts him in a tremendous amount of legal trouble. And so they nailed it, like within a couple days of them predicting that, uh, like Mark had the, you know, Zuckerberg had this like meta, like the press conference, what, whatever you want to call it, demo, I guess. And so here we are. So Facebook has decided to create this larger company called Meta and, it, you know, is getting behind this idea of the metaverse. And then Facebook is going to be like a subsection of that. And so the metaverse, as I understand it, is Facebook's way to kind of lean into the VR, AR realm. So virtual reality, oh. augmented reality. And Zuckerberg's like, this is the way of the future. And so we're jumping into it. And so it's taking social media to a whole new level where, you know, you could actually hang out with people constantly in virtual reality. And so 
the idea is that ultimately we'll all kind of be like living in VR. Like, like it'll be a place that you will be in regularly. Yeah. And so if it sounds like science fiction, I was going to say, this reminds me so much of an episode of Black Mirror. I've just been like, I don't know if you guys ever watched, but I've just been doing a rewatch and there's a season one has an episode where they're like all avatars and like, fuck. Yeah. Is that the one where like when you're, when you die or get close or you can like upload yourself to the server? Yeah. That's spot on to like where it took me. I, I know they're like, so they're leaning into like the wearables right now. So like, you know, people will be wearing Oculus all the time or some (laughs) new invention, or maybe they have their own version of like an Apple watch or Google glass, you know, stuff like that. And so that's what they're leaning into now. Okay. Many things here. So I, I read a New York times article this afternoon that's talking about why meta is like the escape hatch for Zuckerberg. And so I think, you know, I think pivot really nails like that a very obvious reason of like this gets Mark Zuckerberg's name directly out of some of these like lawsuits where it's like, now Mm -hmm. you have to deal with meta and like Mark is the CEO of Facebook, you know, and like he can kind of protect himself. Yeah. Yeah. But the article stated four other reasons why Facebook would do this. And I'm just going to briefly like say them real quick. So the first one is because Facebook is like an aging business in a way, especially given Mm -hmm. how many like boomers around there and how young people are like flocking to TikTok and Mm -hmm. other social media platforms. And I love it. The article at one point described potential future Facebook as a boomer dominated sludge pit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, it feels that way already. Totally. Even with Instagram, like they're Like, it's not like people are leaving Instagram quite yet in the way that they've Mm -hmm. left Facebook, but I think they can see, you know, that trajectory or at least plateau, you know? Well, it definitely seems like Instagram's more of a millennial Gen X kind of thing. (laughs) It totally hits on the point, too, that, like, social media has wrapped itself within the flow of trends. And what happens with Mm -hmm. trends, the second it becomes mainstream or oversaturated, people are like, especially younger people are going to look for something else. Yeah, Yeah. they're onto the next thing. And so it's hard to stay the most popular social media company ever and also Mm -hmm. try to be like trendy, you know? So I think this is one way that they're trying to do that. Second is to have their own platform where they can write the rules. And so Facebook has always had to exist either in iOS or on Android, you know, and so Apple or Google can kind of regulate Mm. them in a way, i.e. like the sex trafficking or the age restrictions or the profit, like, you know, Apple getting what, 30% of the app revenue. It's something like Apple has some ridiculous amount of like a a ridiculously high fee for people in their app store. But like, you know, where are you going to go? Like, where are people getting apps yeah. if they're not going to the app store if they have mm-hmm. an Apple mm-hmm. iPhone, you know? And so I think Facebook really, it's a strategic move for them to be able 
to own the platform that they're on too. And so if they're in a VR, AR realm, like they would be the platform. So like the metaverse, you know. And so that's another one. The third one is creating this to help minimize like the regulatory risk. And I think that's coming from the threat that Facebook faces right now to be broken up. That they, I mean, this is an active thing that's happening right now. So I guess the idea, the article was suggesting that the VR and AR realm is still highly unregulated because it's really new and emerging. And so they might be safer to have like a leg in there, you know, that might be a place where they can grow without really being at a threat of being broken up in that area. And then fourth, is to try to recover from reputational damage from the many scandals and drama that they've had. (laughs) Many. I mean, it's very damaging. And so like, it, it really makes me want to get rid of my account. I, I still have one. And I think like, the thing that I hold on to is just the fact that I have family on there and I have a history that in like their photos, you know, but ethically, like, I don't stand for the things that have been allowed by the company at all. And so like, I should just like take my shit off and go somewhere else. I don't know, like the, the brand and the size of social platform and the access to so many other people like really keeps me there, but it's like, to what extent, you know, so definitely I've tried to leave Facebook a couple of times and it's hard. I did it like in college and it was really easy in college (laughs) because I just didn't care. But like afterwards, like, yeah, now my I have like a really big extended family. And so that's how we communicate. We're like Christmas plans, figuring out like grandpa's birthday. What are we doing this year? Like it's all on Facebook. There's not like a big group text because we have too many people for a group text. So like that's where everything gets done and. There's nowhere to move that as of now. I am glad email, to see. But, ew. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about, I used to be, I wasn't on Facebook for a while in college. And I realized that I was like missing out on events because a lot of events were being planned on Facebook. So when I like moved to Seattle, I got back on Facebook. You know, I was like trying to make yeah. new friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad like events, event planning has moved off of Facebook. So yes. that makes me really happy. We've, like, been planning stuff just via text or email or, like, these other third-party invitation websites. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, like, the the groups are still so active. Like, I'm a part of a lot of, like, neighborhood groups or... They're so nice. I don't know. It's just such yeah, a cornerstone Facebook. of so many things. It's similar to me with, like, Uber. It's, a, like, a little bit different, but I'm just so used to having mm-hmm. them in my life that it's really hard to... <laughs> Imagine going elsewhere, even though there are other options. Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, you kind of have to be like where the people are. <laughs> exactly. Like, and I don't want to leave my buy nothing Facebook groups. I've gotten so many free things on there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely with you on like wanting to leave, but like ethically, but then like being really torn. Yeah. So to bring it to like meta. I wanted, I'm curious what you all think about it. Gut reaction is, first of all, I hate the name so much. <laughs> it makes me so angry, like it's irrationally so angry. Yeah. Like the metaverse. And it's like, can I punch you in the face now? Oh, like, I, 
I don't know. I've never been a big fan of Marcus F. Gerberg. So, like, him mm-hmm. trying to evade things in this way. Just like, I don't know. We'll see what happens, yeah. but I'm not a fan of the idea. Yeah. But also, <laughs> I feel like it's been tied to his name for too long. Like, yeah. I can understand why he wants to, like, separate himself. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I think one thing with, like, the reputation portion is even him. Like, he has really been seen as, like, this historic villain of sorts. Like, depending on how you look at Facebook, you mm-hmm. know, like, it's like the Behringer of, of so much evil right? in, o- in his omission, like, in letting things happen on this platform. Which, I mean, this is not an accusation. Like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> like the proof or anything but I can get why he personally wants to clear his name too even beyond like legal trouble yeah, yeah definitely the virtual reality stuff like really scares me but <laughs> me too me too I also understand that 50 years ago the idea of sending a picture or like facetiming someone across the world like probably would have been crazy and scary like the fact that we're so connected and we have like a computer in our pocket all the time I'm sure was scary to people at first so I understand like new technology Mm -hmm. is just scary yeah but I'm like oh I don't I don't know about that (laughs) I, I think there are uses for VR and AR but I am really terrified at the idea of essentially replacing human experience, like an experience in the real world with a constant virtual experience. It makes me think of Inception a bit. And I'm trying to think there's like another movie where like you're you're just kind of like plugged. It might be Minority Report a little bit. It's it's a little bit of a stretch, but just where you're like, I don't know, like, I mean, the human experience as like awkward and ridiculous <laughs> and terrifying as it can be is amazing at the same time. Yeah, you know? that's a good point. I wonder if it's almost like it seems like in the last couple years, like obviously we're super connected right now and we can have friendships and close relationships with anyone in any part of the world. But it's almost in the last couple years we've realized how beneficial it is having relationships with people face to face. So I wonder if it'll yeah. go through this period where like cert- like certain types of people are kind of all in and then kind of one by one people are like, oh, but like real experiences are also super beneficial. Maybe it kind of finds its place. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see because I- I'm curious how many people might be like, you know what? I'm good with like these digital relationships too. Like ones where like mm-hmm. you emotionally have a connection and then you don't have to worry about but, all the in-person. Oh I mean, it's per- like totally personal preference. That you sounds know? awful to me, but I maybe, I mean, yeah. it is like an interesting time too to like come out with it as we're like coming out of slash still halfway in this pandemic. Like, well, that would have been nice to be able to like virtually hang out with my friends during the pandemic. But also the pandemic showed me that like, nah, I want to see people in person. Zoom isn't yeah. good definitely. enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. definitely. But, um, I don't know. I can get why they might have thought this would be like a good time because they're like, look, we've already been doing Zoom for like a year and a half. Like this is going to be like Zoom, but better, you know? But, yeah. but it's such a misstep because it's like we are tired of this. <laughs> more than ever yeah I like want real life experiences all I want is to like 
travel places that I've never been before and see them with my own eyes. Like, I don't want to travel to, like, Asia virtually. I want to go there as a human, you know? However, (laughs) however, I do think that with, like, VR or AR, I can see a big opportunity in this for, like, recreational and leisure. Like, whether it's playing or even, like, sightseeing, like, Maybe you are like, I want to see it in person. But there might be people who are like, I'd like to just kind of look around and that's mm. good for me, you know, or or maybe someone like can't afford or make the time to go on a trip, you know, but yeah, could yeah, find yeah. a way like that's true. It's not like this is a clear like good or evil situation, but it is no, really interesting. I, too, would love to just like go in person and experience it for myself. But I think instead of the idea that this is going to be like a full time thing that we're in, I can see it being something that maybe becomes more popular in the way that like karaoke is popular, where it's like, <laughs> let's go like hang oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think that's what I was saying. I think more than anything, like I think we'll get those experiences virtually and then we'll realize like what experiences really need to be mm. in person, kind of like how we've realized Like a lot, we can have way more relationships online. Like I can be, I can keep my family like up to date on what I'm doing all the time, Mm -hmm. which people decades ago couldn't do. But I've also realized the benefits of that and also the benefits of having in-person relationships. Like there are definitely benefits to both. And I can, I can see maybe in the future finding a benefit to like, oh yeah, I could go and see this super quickly or kind of get a taste of this experience virtually and then understanding like other experiences maybe are better in person. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. If you're like stuck somewhere for Christmas or something, like then you could go if your family also has whatever however it works, if they also have metaverse, <laughs> you can like hang out with them for like an hour or two over Christmas and it's like, oh, mm. like you still got to see people and I don't know. Yeah. You know what that still makes me wonder thing. about though? is like, okay, so obviously this is a business, so they will find a way mm-hmm. to profit off of it. And there are mm-hmm. a number of ways they can do that. But it, if we're going to, like, if we're writing on this, like, travel example, so you are creating this, like, virtual world of, like, let's say, like, Mumbai or something. You know, there's so many people that may be in the creation of that that never get that profit. You know, like, I don't, I'm kind of curious how they would work that in so that like those different areas like it would be similar as if they had actual tourists you know like so with the metaverse you could theoretically buy like virtual clothes or you know actually do like shopping virtually and so if there's a way that they could work that in so like vendors are actually getting profit from it and they're not just being exploited you know yeah. I feel like that would be a huge part of that conversation. That way you're not That's just like... That's a really interesting point I didn't even think about. Right? Like, because I'm picturing like a Google Maps situation, yeah. but like then you get dropped in it. And it's like you get the experience of the richness of the city and all these like shop owners. But then those shop owners aren't getting people actually like coming to their store, you know? Like... I'd, oh, hmm. it feels very Matrixy. Why did it take so long to get there? Yeah, Matrix. Mm-hmm. Some of the critiques of this—I mean, there are numerous critiques—but like on Pivot, they were talking about how like it's a great idea, 
don't think it's going to happen, at least not mm-hmm. at the scale that you think it will. Because, like, wearables are a huge conversation. And, like, wearing something across your face that, like, impedes your vision, like, I don't know if people are going to be, like, running to go do that for hours on end, you know? <laughs> oh, but there was there's a huge point to this conversation, too, that's, like, there's so many, like, rich entrepreneurs that are finding ways to like escape this world, whether it's digitally Mm -hmm. or like physically. And that's both really depressing and also just like not where the energy should be going. And Mm -hmm. so I think it brings up the question of like, why are these people who are in so like that are so powerful and have so much money? Like, why are they turning to this? What's the deal? (laughs) It's a thinker. It reminds me of things that we can't talk about, but that we talked about last night, Lisa. Mm. (laughs) To be continued when we talk about Squid Game, because, spoiler, some of us have watched it, and one of us will, eventually. (laughs) Maybe. No, I do want to watch it. I just need to watch it with someone. Yeah. But yes, okay, maybe, like, we'll come back to that conversation in a future episode, but to me, it's, like, very, like hands up I can't fix all the world's problems so I'm just gonna turn in because I have the resources to and instead of like trying to work on these things and yeah I I get it too like it's not like it's not like Zuckerberg could be like I'm gonna fix climate change and just do it like (laughs) I mean he's got Mm -hmm. an immense amount of power but like you still have governments and countries you got to deal with and other companies so Wow. Thank you for explaining it for me because I've seen things, but I haven't actually taken the time to listen to podcasts and read everything. So, yeah. Same. Quick little synopsis. I love it. Yeah. That's why we need each other. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it just hit me. I had been like absorbing this info. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all kind of coming together. So, perfect place Mm -hmm. to see it. Talk about it. Definitely. So, this week, I brought nothing (laughs) because I was out of town and then all I've really done this last week was watch Squid Games and we're not allowed to talk about that yet because Lauren hasn't watched it yet because I messed up and I was supposed to wait for Lauren and then I couldn't. (laughs) It's true. I tried. I was like, oh, I'll start. Well, I was like waiting in the airport to leave and my flights were all delayed and I was like, well, I can start like just to see what the first episode of Squid Games is like, because I had already watched the first, like, 15 minutes a while ago, and I was like, all right, I'll continue. And I watched it, and honestly, I don't love the first episode. I thought it was, like, pretty boring, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, kind of near the end of the first episode, I was like, oh, maybe I'll show the second one, and then I started the second one, and then I couldn't stop from there. But we'll talk about Squid Games some other time, mm-hmm. and everyone else obviously and the country has already binged it so like even if we did talk about it everyone's already said it that's true um, but if you are if you haven't watched it yet and you're listening to this and you're oh, like, not yeah. another person just give it a watch like just yeah. check it out i was it's gonna say <laughs> like it took me a long because it came out what like a, a month ago probably now and it mm-hmm. took me a while to like actually sit down and watch it because i was like nervous slash scared slash like yeah this isn't for me like I'm not gonna like it I was so wrong I was so wrong I don't know what I was expecting I think because I knew the premise 
going in, I was able to watch it and be fine. Like, if I just thought yeah. it was some random show, I probably would have been like, well, what the fuck? And then, like, freaked <laughs> out. But, be like, yeah, knowing that people are more... going to die, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the more I've heard about it and learned about it, because, you know, I'm a researcher. I can't help it. But the more I've learned about it, the more interested I am. Yeah. I don't think going into it blind would have been yeah. good for me. I, I feel like <laughs> no. if I went into that blind, I'd be like, I'm done. Like, I don't know yeah, what I I'm think doing. That's why and it like scared first, me at first what, because all and these like people the went in round, blind. Yeah, like the first round of people that watched it were the kind of people that like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think I was like, that's not for me. But well, it's the- good for me to hear more people watching it now that don't enjoy random killing of people that are like no it is good yeah yeah i get so skeptical with like shows and movies that are massively popular i I mean obviously there's so many people watching it and enjoying it that that should be a huge clue that it's a winner but we you know and we've done this enough like how many years have we had this and yet i don't like like, "Mm." i don't subscribe to if it's popular, then I don't want to do it. Same. I'm kind of the same way. Like, I have to get in it at the very beginning of popularity, like, before I know that it's popular. Otherwise, I'm not going to. Like, I never watched yeah. Tiger King because, like. Yeah, cares? I've only seen one episode because I was forced to watch it. I also watched yeah. a, or listened to a podcast about the same exact thing, like, a year before. So, I was like, I already know all this stuff. Like, this mm-hmm. is a podcast I listened to. <laughs> so, that's about all I've done. I did just start. But I was like super anti spooky stuff before Halloween, and now that it's after Halloween, and I just watched Squid Games, I'm like, maybe I want a little more spooky. I so know. Oh, I just watch? started. No, I just started Midnight Mass because I've heard good things about that one, and mm. I don't know if you guys watched Haunting of Hill House or Haunting of Bly Manor a couple years ago. I've um, heard those names have not watched. I watched Hill if House, and I really name, liked it. Well, I really liked it, and I don't normally like haunted things, so I'm giving Midnight Mass a chance, and I'm only on episode two, but I like it so far, and it's got very heavy Catholic themes, and I'm like, I like this. Makes me want to go back to church, even though I'm pretty sure the priest is like a really creepy murderer in this show, but... I want to go back anyway. It makes me want to go back, and I'm like, oh... I want to drink Aww, gross church wine. Murders. <laughs> I want to watch men wear robes. I don't know. <laughs> My God. That's all I've done. I've not really done anything. I've contributed nothing. Oh, except to watch yeah, Squid yeah. Games. Because yeah. it's not as scary as you think it is. Well, I don't know if I've stated this on the podcast. I think I've told you this both personally. Some people have compared it to Parasite. I think they are distinct enough that... Yes, there are like socioeconomic undertones, Mm -hmm. but they feel different enough that it's worth watching both. I thought for a bit like, well, I've seen Parasite, so I don't need to watch Squid Game. Totally different. Totally different. Hmm. Totally different. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. (laughs) All right, girl, what you got? All right, Lo. Okay. I just finished a book called Transcendent Kingdom by Yes by Yakiyasi. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I had no expectation. I didn't even know what it was about when I picked it up. And it was so good. Um, highly recommended on like the bestseller list. And oh, stuff. yeah. 
what kind what kind of book is it i don't okay, even know anything. so it's a it's a novel about a girl her name is gifty and her family is from ghana and immigrated right before she was born and she grew up in alabama and then i was just reading about the author and the author is also gyasi is also a ghanaian woman she was born in ghana but raised in alabama so writing about some experience there yeah. i suppose big time um the premise of the book it's like it's kind of written in a series of like current day and then flashbacks of her growing up so in current day her name is gifty again she is a neuroscientist studying at stanford and you kind of see like these snapshots of her working on exper- like an experiment on rats but you like kind of don't really know what she's doing and then it like flashes back to her life and or her life growing up where you learn that like because it's flashbacks in current day you're kind of like putting the pieces together on like what has brought her to this moment and pretty early on you learn that her brother died in an overdose of heroin and her dad like so her parents immigrated with her older brother from Ghana and then she was born in Alabama her dad when she was pretty young decided that he did not want to stay in America and moved back to Ghana he like oh. missed it a ton i don't know if they had like an official divorce <laughs> but he like left and remarried someone else so that's pretty tragic and then her brother dies and you learn that really early on in the book so it's she has a really complicated kind of difficult relationship with her mom which is really interesting her mom has depression as you can imagine going through all the difficult things she has and then you kind of learn that she is like studying rats because she's studying like addiction in rats Mm. and like the reward seeking which is really interesting i don't know it was just it was really really well written i had trouble like remembering that it was a fiction book like it felt like a memoir to me it was it was written so well i had a hard time putting it down a couple other things her mom was deeply christian and she grew up going to an evangelical church i believe she was christian before she moved to america and then found like a white evangelical church which looking back gifty in the book is like that was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of like faith themes. And then I liked this. I was just reading on Goodreads. Someone like commented on the book asking, hadn't read it yet, but asked if the faith c- component of the book was kind of pushing a certain faith on readers. Because I think they were basically asking like, I don't want to read this if it's mm-hmm. like the underlying theme is like you should be a Christian or something. Yeah. yeah. And I really liked what someone wrote back and was like... The author Gyasi does an excellent job of portraying how you can walk away from a faith of your childhood while still yearning for some of the comfort it brings and how belief can be ambiguous rather than absolute. So I feel like that's a pretty big theme in the book, which I really liked how she's like become this scientist and is like searching kind of for truth and meaning in this other avenue. And I think at points she really feels like She's completely walked away from this faith that she grew up with. And then kind of towards the end, she's like, you know, I don't think that you have to be like one thing or the other. You kind of live in this in between, which mm-hmm. yeah, I liked. Oh, my God. 
Okay. Anyway, I've never heard of this, but it sounds great. (laughs) This is her second book. She wrote another one called Homecoming, I I believe, Mm. which people have said is also really good. Awesome. I highly recommend it if you're looking for a novel. I'm always looking for a good novel. Yeah. A new novel. That sounds really good. I also, like, I totally get that person who wrote the question just, like, trying to get a heads up, you know? Yeah. 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 But I, I really appreciate the stance and the answer to that. It makes me think of Life of Pi, where Pi is just like, mm. you know, I'm g- yeah. going to kind of take what resonates with me from a bunch of these different religions. That, that'll be my practice. And like, how is yeah. this any more like wrong or right than anything? Because everybody is like, well, you got to pick one. You can't like you can't Definitely. do that. You need to pick a lane. And yeah. And this idea that like. If you're questioning, then you can't be of, like, this certain faith or this certain faith or whatever. Like, I think you can – you don't have to say yes or no to be a part of it. I don't know. Like, you can take parts and, like, make your own kind of thing. Spirituality, like, it's not just boxes. Like, it's way more expansive and messy in a good way. Like, it's – and it's so personal. Like, what resonates Mm -hmm. with each person – I feel like I've said that multiple times (laughs) – this episode but it's really true you know and I I like that there's not like an absolute necessarily and it's a little more up for interpretation to each person you know I like it I also really like those discussions of religion and science where it's like not an either or but Mm -hmm. like can be a both and you know I I've had that conversation with family numerous times you know some people are like why do we have to pick a lane here like could, yeah. Can't these both kind of happen at the same time? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's or, grounds for a deeper debate. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I really it was I feel like it was a pretty subtle conversation in the book. It was interesting to see other people picking up on that. I think I'm just more kind of in tune to like the because I grew up in a Christian faith and, and I'm in like a kind of a similar questioning thing. So I'm like, oh, I can relate to this. So I was wondering if I like was maybe more attuned to it. But it was interesting to hear other people mm-hmm. kind of got a similar read on that. I also like that like people's journey can be very winding and take you all all sorts of places and you're kind Definitely. of yeah and you're like making sense of your past in your present act like you know you kind of relive things yeah. from your childhood and you mm-hmm. see it in different lights at different ages and after different experiences you know and definitely that's why I always enjoy I think I've talked about this before but I always enjoy the books that kind of jump back and forth between present and past because I feel like that's a really natural way in real life to get to know someone because you're like you're seeing them in current day and as you get to know them over the years if you get closer and closer you like hear these little snippets from their past and at some point it like kind of becomes this more linear story but you don't learn about someone from start to end unless it's like your sibling (laughs) (laughs) right But even that has some back and forth because, you know, there's some things you don't know about until you're older and you're like, whoa, definitely, I didn't even know. Yeah. And you're kind of always like rewriting your own past based on things that you've learned about yourself. Yeah, it was interesting. And her like kind of going back through old, like she would put in snippets of like journals when she was young. I love that. Yeah. It just, it felt very, like I said, it felt like a memoir, like it. 
it really felt like a real person and I was like wow how did she just like fabricate this story (laughs) I'm just so amazed by authors sometimes oh yeah they can fabricate stories just in their mind I mean, I, I've been thinking about that, too, where, I, I mean, both nonfiction and fiction, it's a lot to write a book. I think it's easy to take that for granted, given how many mm-hmm. books there are out there. And I used to think fiction was easy because, like, you're making up the story. But depending on what the story is, like, you've got to get all these storylines to coalesce and work and build on this arc. Or maybe there are multiple arcs, multiple morals, like maybe chaos is the point like what I mean there's so many different ways you can go and Mm -hmm. to be successful it's like you want them to sing in harmony like in in a way that just like helps you pull through the book like I think of Jamie's voicemail with the dinner list and being like that really just did not come together you know like it really did not takes a lot to get it to work it does (laughs) and to write about a character that's fully like a fully formed human being that has like all these dimensions like we all have so many personality traits that are incongruent with others and I think it'd be hard to fabricate a character that also is like that Mm -hmm. I do have to wonder just with her being or moving to Alabama from Ghana as a young child, I have to wonder how much, like, is actual her, you know? Especially if it resonates like that. Like, how much of it is her and or her mother or, like, you know, parts of, like, is she taking from people she knows to help it, like, resonate so much? Yeah, I was wondering that, too. Or, like, maybe someone, I know a lot of authors, like, write about people that they know, like, people that they know have inspired Mm -hmm characters maybe not like exactly the same but they're like oh this like a character based on this premise that I'm seeing in real life would be interesting Mm -hmm. yeah I I also wonder that I don't know a lot about this author but I do know her other book is based on I believe a Ghanaian family and multiple generations I think writing is a really powerful way to process through your experience and so you know to kind of disconnect yourself a bit and you're working through it through a character in this other world that's very similar, <laughs> you know, potentially to yours. Um, yeah. I, like even like I bet it's a whole culmination of a like both of what you two said, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. just guessing. <laughs> just, yeah, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. And shout out to the Seattle Public Library. It was available almost (gasps) immediately. A lot of the books I've wanted recently I get on and the waiting list is like a year long. And I'm like, (laughs) I'll just buy it. (laughs) How did the book touch on culture of like having like a family from Ghana in the South? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Not a lot because she focused primarily on her own nuclear family. Okay. And I don't think she had any family in America growing up. It might be different now. But she does, at some point in her childhood, travel to Ghana and stay with some aunts. So that was interesting. And then she talks a little bit about, it's not super overt, which I, like, it took me a long time to realize that she grew up going to a white church. And I was like, once I realized that, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Because she kind of talks about, the church's like reaction when they finally figured out that like her brother was addicted to drugs 
Mm. And I think that's why she like ultimately left the church because they just like did not handle that well. (laughs) So that was interesting. And then going. Yeah, I feel like she didn't talk a lot about her school experience. Okay. She was obviously like very successful in school. But I think I was reading something about how the author didn't like want to write that kind of same story as like the immigrant who's like really gifted at school and goes to Harvard or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like this character did go to Stanford, but that wasn't like a central part in the story. You're selling me. I'm going to have to read this. (laughs) Anything else that we want to say? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) We got, we got fun episodes coming. Yeah. (laughs) Have a great week. Happy weird in between time between like before Thanksgiving, but also it's kind of Christmas stuff everywhere. Yeah, it feels like we're already (laughs) there, like the beginning of November right now. Yeah, and it's like Christmas. Well, yes, have a great week. (laughs) And if you like this episode, (laughs) send it to a friend and check us out. Right, right. Send yeah. us a message. Great review. Yeah. We haven't said that DMS. in a while. No. Random things, recommendations, Sorry. things we should not read, whatever. Questions. Oh, we love yeah. questions. There's something we definitely should stay away from. Please let us know. We don't yeah. want to waste our time. No. <laughs> Ooh, and also if you have any like hot takes on an episode you hear, oh. tell us. We, we love getting hot. that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. Links from today's episode can be found in the show notes on our website, whatyourreadando.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that piqued your interest or you want to share, email us at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and also on Instagram at wrdpod. Follow us to stay up to date on future episodes. Like, leave a review, tell a friend. You get the idea. Music for this podcast was created by Kalindo. Find him on Instagram at The Real Kalindo. Stay inspired, and we'll see you next week.